Welcome to the Faith Broadcast. I'm so glad that you're watching today's message. I believe it'll be a blessing to you. I believe it'll encourage you, it'll strengthen you, and empower you to make Jesus famous in your everyday life. Enjoy today's message, and I'll see you at the end of the broadcast. Praise God. Now go with me to the book of Judges, chapter 12. The book of Judges, chapter 12. And one of the things we're going to see here, as I hear me share all the time, and once again, you can find my notes in the YouVersion Bible app. If you go to the YouVersion Bible app right now, you'll see Faith Christian Center, and you'll see the book of Judges part eight, and you can download these notes and follow along with me. Don't have a lot of notes for tonight's session, but we're gonna set up for where we're going. But you'll also find all of our reflection questions for the last several weeks. And so if you haven't already, take time to answer those questions. Some of these questions might be some questions you need to ask yourself on a regular basis and reflect on the answers and what tweaks you may need to make to your life. One of the things we said about studying the book of Judges, the book of Judges is cyclical in nature. It goes through a cycle or a better way to put it, a spiral. We see it happen with every generation and Judges chapter two let us know that it got worse with every single generation. That's why I call it a spiral. What you'll see is the generation would sin and they'd be in prolonged sin for a period of time. Then as a result of their sin, by the terms of the covenant, their oppression came and they were oppressed for a while. And then after being oppressed for a while, they decided to repent and pray and call out to God. As a result of their repentance and the cry to God, God raised them up a deliverer. And after the deliverer had victory over their enemies, they would have a time of peace and prosperity for a long period of time. Then after the judge died, that generation sinned again. They sinned worse than before. And then as a result, oppression came up and they were oppressed for a period of time. And then they finally repented and prayed and God raised up a deliverer. And then they had a time of peace and prosperity. Then the judge died and the cycle started again and again and again. One of the things, even though there's good things to learn from the book of Judges, one of the things I pointed out to you is the book of Judges is a tragedy. And we saw that one of the reasons why so many things happen, we see this mentioned three times in the book of Judges, especially the ending part, you see it referenced three times, is that everyone did what was right in their own eyes. And anytime you, people do that, that always leads to judgment and leads to death. Because Proverbs says two different times, there's a way that seems right to a man where the end is death. And we know how they would always sin and what was the point, what has happened when you sin. Romans tells us the wages of sin is death. And so out of his mercy, we see Judges chapter 2 says God out of his mercy will cause a judge to be raised up. He would raise up a judge by his spirit. And that judge would partner with the Holy Spirit through their faith. Although there's so many things to learn from some of these judges, some of them we learn from what to do and some things we learn what not to do. Hebrews 11 lets us know that we can learn from the faith of these judges and how they partnered. Specifically, we see in the book of Judges how by their faith they partnered with the Holy Spirit. Although the Holy Spirit will land on them, they still needed to act. When we talk about this on Sunday, we're talking about that anointing. You're still going to have to cooperate with that anointing that comes upon you. As the scripture says in the Old Testament and three times in the New Testament, the just shall live by faith. As we shared in the introduction of the series, and you just heard me say just about 30 seconds ago, we should learn from the faith of these judges. The judges had faith that God had empowered them to fulfill their assignment. When the Holy Spirit landed upon them, he anointed them for their assignment. Remember, God raised up judges as a response to Israel's repentance, prayer, and because of his compassion. He raised up the judge by placing his spirit on them. The judge was raised up by the anointing. As you heard me emphasize before, or emphasize again, the Lord is raising you up to do something. So say it out loud and put it in the chat. Say, the Lord is raising me up to do something. One more time. Say it out loud and put it in the chat. Say, the Lord is raising me up to do something. 
and what he's raising you up to do will be accomplished by the power of his spirit and your obedience to his spirit. What he is raising you up to do will be accomplished by the power of his spirit and your obedience to his spirit. So let's go to Judges chapter 12, verse 8, and we see three minor judges mentioned here, and they're called minor judges because it's not a lot said about them. You might have a verse or two description of them. So we see that in Judges chapter 12, verse 8 through 15, we see Ibzan, we see Elon, and we also see Abdon. These are three judges who ruled and by the sides of their families, we can tell that they were very prosperous judges. It says Ezon had uh, 30 sons and he had 30 daughters. Then you had Elon, and it says how long he ruled, and then the Abdon after him, it says he had 40 sons and 30 grandsons. And they said they all rode on 70 young donkeys, which lets you know that they were prosperous. And so the fact that they were prosperous and large families, they were very influential, although they ruled short times. Um, and so these are what they call three of the minor judges. We don't know much about them or their rule, but we do know they ruled in Israel and they came from different tribes. We see one came from Bethlehem. We see specifically Elon was a, uh, from the tribe of Zebulun and we see where Abdon came from as well. So let's go to chapter 13 where we spend most of our time tonight. Verse 1, Judges chapter 13, verse 1, Again the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them into the hand of the Philistines for 40 years. Remember, this is the terms of their covenant. God told them that if you turn, if you sin, if you go worship other gods, then what's going to happen is the other nation will rise up, they will conquer you, and they will oppress you. And so we see this happening once again in the book of Judges. And so they delivered him into the hand of the Philistines for 40 years. Now there was a certain man for Zorah of the family of the Danites, that's the tribe of Dan, whose name was Manoah, and his wife was barren and had no children. And the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, Indeed, now you are barren and have borne no children, but you shall conceive and bear a son. Now, therefore, please be careful not to drink wine or any similar drink and not to eat any Thing unclean for behold you shall conceive and bear a son and no razor shall come upon his head for the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb and he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines here are some key things I want you to see and we'll jump into it more next week but we want to highlight some of it this week as we set up for where we're going tonight it says that he shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb he shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb. Now, the Nazarite was a certain vow that people would take. It was a vow of consecration. It might be a vow for a long period of time. It depends on what the vow was. But the difference between those who took the Nazarite vow that you see in the law and the vow that God is saying here that their son is to fulfill is that from the womb, he is to be a Nazarite. I have called him and from the womb, and this is what I want him to do. That's why he told the mother, you can't eat any of these things or drink any of these things because I'm not going to allow this man to drink or eat like that. And so we see how God's preparing this child for his call, even in the womb. And God is even doing that to children now who are within their mother's wombs. He is preparing them. And so whoever you might be listening that you may be you might have a child within the womb or you have a grant you got just got news that your child's gonna have a baby you should spend time praying for that baby even now for the plan of God for their life to come to pass notice what God said about him and it says what he's going to be called to do that he will begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines 
he shall begin. There's a reason why he's to begin. God calls people to start things, and he calls some people to finish things. And so remember, they've been oppressed for 40 years, and now he said he was going to anoint this man, raise him up to, so that he can begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. And we'll jump into why begin and who was supposed to finish it later on in this study. And so we see these instructions. So the woman came and told, back to verse 6, came and told her husband, saying, A man of God came to me, his countenance was like the countenance of the angel of God. Very awesome. But I did not ask him where he was from, and he did not tell me his name. And he said to me, Behold, you shall conceive and bear a son. Now drink no wine or similar drink, nor eat anything unclean. For the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb to the day of his death. Then Manoah prayed to the Lord and said, O oh my Lord, please let the man of God whom you sent Come to us again and teach us what we shall do for the child who will be born. And God listened to the voice of Manoah. And the angel of God came to the woman again as she was sitting in the field. But Manoah, her husband, was not with her. Then the woman ran in haste and told her husband and said to him, Look, the man who came to me the other day has just now appeared to me. So Manoah rose and followed his wife. When he came to the man, he said, Are you the man who spoke to this woman? And he said, I am. Manoah said, Now let your words come to pass. What will be the boy's rule of life and his work? So the angel of the Lord said to Manoah, Of all that I said to the woman, let her be careful. She may not eat anything that comes from the vine, nor may she drink wine or any similar drink, nor eat any, anything unclean. All that I commanded her, let her observe. Then Manoah said to the angel of the Lord, Please let us detain you, and we will prepare a young goat for you. And the angel of the Lord said to Manoah, Though you detain me, I will not eat your food. But if you offer a burnt offering, you must offer it to the Lord. For Manoah did not know he was the angel of the Lord. Then Manoah said to the angel of the Lord, What is your name? That when your words come to pass, we may honor you. And notice what the angel of the Lord says. And the angel of the Lord said to him, Why do you ask my name, seeing that it is wonderful? I want to read it to you from another translation. Because we see here in the New King James, Why do you ask for my name, seeing that it's wonderful? And another translation, the message version says, What's this? You ask for my name, you wouldn't understand. It's sheer wonder. It's sheer wonder. Now, this is amazing. And they're still not understanding what's about to happen, especially what happens next. I'll read that and then I'll break this down a little further. So Manoah took the young goat with the grain offering and offered it upon the rock to the Lord. And he did a wondrous thing while Manoah and his wife looked on. It happened as the flame went up toward heaven from the altar, the angel of the Lord ascended in the flame of the altar. When Manoah and his wife saw this, they fell on their faces to the ground. When the angel of the Lord appeared no more to Manoah and his wife, then Manoah knew that he was the angel of the Lord. Now notice the, how the emphasis of the scripture keeps saying the angel of the Lord, and that's important. And Manoah said to his wife, we shall surely die because we have seen God. Wait a minute. We said, well, how? He said, the angel of the Lord. But he said, why does he God? Keep reading. But his wife said to him, if the Lord had desired to kill us, he would not accept a burnt offering and a grain offering from our hands, nor would he have shown us all these things, nor would he have told us such things as these at this time. And so notice the angel of the Lord is considered a theophany. Many scholars, and I, believe, and I agree with this as well, believe that the angel of the Lord 
is a appearance of Jesus as the Son of God before he is born into this world as a man. Because we know that throughout the scripture, especially in the Old Testament, we see the appearance of the Son of God. And so this is the pre-incarnate Christ manifested. And he appears. He is the messenger of the Lord. There's a difference in the angels of God or the angels of the Lord than the angel of the Lord. It's very specific because we see about the angel of the Lord. We see that a lot of things about him is very mysterious. But we see he speaks on behalf of God. He speaks as God. And he's able to receive offerings and worship as God. And he does wonderful things like we see here. We've seen his appearance already in the book of Judges. A couple times already. We saw his appearance in the book of Joshua. And we see his appearance in Scripture. And so imagine it this way. Think about it from our standpoint as people who are under a new covenant. Think about the goodness of our Jesus. And we get to experience the fullness of his government goodness because of our covenant, because he came, because he died, because he got back up again, because he ascended to heaven, because he gave us the Holy Ghost. This, this wife was out in the field one day and Jesus walks up and begins to talk to her and says, right now you're not able to have children, but you're going to have a son and this is what you need to do and this is what he's going to do. Notice, notice, notice this. Who knows how long they've been praying for a son? Who knows if it was even on their mind? And then all of a sudden, Jesus shows up and talks to this couple for the specific purpose. What is the specific purpose? Remember, God raised up judges because of his mercy. Jesus showed up and gave this couple a plan because he had a plan for Israel's deliverance. Although they've been trifling, although they've been a hot mess, although they're in this situation because of their sin and they're being oppressed because of their sin, Jesus shows up with a plan. And I want to let you know tonight, it doesn't matter what you're facing, what you're going through, whether you're in it because it's your fault or because someone else did something to you or you're in just a bigger situation because of things that are going on in your city, your state, your nation, I want to let you know that tonight God has a plan for your deliverance. He has a plan for your victory. He has a plan for your salvation. He has a plan for your healing. He has a plan for your prosperity. God has a plan for you. Come on, say it with me and put it in the chat. Say, God has a plan for me. Praise God. Come on, say it out loud. Put it in the chat. Say, God has a plan for me. It is a good plan. I don't, it doesn't matter how many giants you are facing, how many Philistines are against you. It doesn't matter how bad it looks, how limited it looks. It doesn't matter what's in your bank account. It doesn't matter how much strength you have in your body. It doesn't matter what you've heard. It doesn't matter what people have done. I'm telling you, God has a plan for your deliverance, your victory, your prosperity, your healing, your rescue. He has a plan for you, for your family, for your children, for your community. God has a plan for you. And so what you need to do is to get on the plan. That is the best advice I can give you tonight. Get on the plan of God. Come on, put it in the chat and say it out loud. Say, get on the plan of God. Come on, say it out loud and put it in the chat. Say, get on the plan of God. The plan of God will lead you to the place he has for you. It'll lead you from a tight spot to a wealthy place. It'll lead you from a battle to victory. It'll lead you from a stressful time to a time of peace. He has a plan for you and you must execute that plan. You must fulfill that plan. When I was thinking about this message and meditating on it, and I was reminded of Psalm 34, and I want to read it to you right now. Go with me to Psalm 34. I want to read it to you right now. Starting in verse one, we'll read the whole song. 
Psalm 34, verse 1, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me. He delivered me from all my fears. They looked to him and were radiant and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried out and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blesses the man who trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. Reverence him, you his saints. There's no want, there's no lack to those who reverence him. The young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Come, you children, listen to me, and I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Who is the man who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil. Evil, and your lips from speaking deceit depart from evil and do good seek peace and pursue it the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous his ears are open to their cry the face of the Lord is against those who do evil to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth the righteous cry out and the Lord hears and delivers them from out of all their troubles the Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and save such as has a contrite spirit many are the afflictions of the righteous but the Lord delivers him out of them all all. He guards all his bones. Not one of them is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked and those who hate the righteous shall be condemned. The Lord redeems the soul of his servants and none of those who trust in him shall be condemned. Praise God. God has a plan for your deliverance. You may find yourself right there in the middle of Psalms 34 tonight and you're wondering what are you going to do because you're surrounded by many afflictions, many troubles, many pressing situations. You feel stressed out. You're battling anxiety. But I want to encourage you tonight. God has a plan for your deliverance and many are the afflictions of the righteous, but God delivers them out of them all. God will deliver you out of every single trial, every single trouble, every single tribulation no matter what you're going through God has a plan and your job is to get on the plan and execute the plan because God has a plan for your deliverance and he will deliver you from every trouble he will deliver you from every giant every situation every storm every trial God will deliver you and it'll be just like Psalm 34 said that there will be no lack in your life because you reverence God so all that being said, leading you to reflection question number 16. Are you following his plan? Reflection question number 16. Are you following his plan? Reflection question number 16. Are you following his plans? The instruction to Samson's parents were instructions of consecration. If you're going to fulfill the plan of God for your life and live at a high level in the things of God, you must consecrate yourself to his purpose. I'll say it again. If you're going to fulfill the plan of God for your life and live at a high level on the things of God, you must consecrate yourself to his purpose. The instructions to Samson's parents were instructions of consecration. If you're going to fulfill the plan of God for your life and live at a high level on the things of God, you must concentrate, consecrate yourself to, your, to his purpose. Not figure out all the things that you can do and get away with because you're under grace, but no, you're putting things away because if it distracts you, it can delay you from fulfilling your purpose. Well, that was good. Say, if it can distract you, it can delay you. And sometimes the attack is the distraction or the distraction is the attack to get you off focus. So this leads to reflection question number 17. 
What are you allowing to distract you from God's plan? What are you allowing to distract you from God's plan? For the single people listening, it could be somebody that you're seeing, somebody you're dating. You know you're not supposed to be talking to them, but you said, I just don't want to be alone in the season right now, and you're talking to them anyways. It's distracting you from what God has for you, and it's distracting you from the better. What are you allowing to distract you from God's plan? These are things you must put aside to fulfill the plan. Not everything that takes people off the plan is sin. Hebrews says from the weight that so easily besets, there are some other things that could be weighing you down from running your race. There can be some other things that's causing you to be distracted. There's other things that are keeping you from doing what God has called you to do. And knowing that, he says, well, if I spend too much time on Facebook, too much time on YouTube, too much time on this phone, too much time doing this, I'm not going to do what I need to do. And so what do you need to do? You need to put that aside. Whether you need to put a limit on how much you're on social media, put a limit on how much you watch TV, put a limit on how you do this, cut out this and cut out that. What do you need to do to put aside the distractions that are keeping you from fulfilling the plan of God for your life? Whatever it is, you need to do it because the plan is worth it. God has a plan for your deliverance. And when you follow that plan, not only will you be delivered and rescued and prospered and at peace, but God can deliver your family and your community and those around you. But you must get on the plan. Say, I have to. I must get on the plan. Get on the plan of God. And if something in your life is not working, get on your face before God. Ask for his instructions. What do you need to do? Do you need to stop something? Do you need to innovate something? Do you need to cut something? Do you need to change something? Do you need to change your thinking? Whatever it is, if it's not working, get on your face before God to make sure you're on the plan and not just doing things because you've been doing them and it used to be part A of the plan. You could have already gone to another part of the plan and you're trying to do something that was the previous part and God said, nope, it's time to move forward and leave that behind and do the new thing God have for you. You need to hear the voice of God and do what he's called you to do. You can hear the voice of God because the scripture says the Lord is your shepherd and you can hear his voice and the voice of a stranger you will not follow. So what you need to do is get on the plan of God for your life and run after it with everything you got. It is worth it. So Father, I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice. I pray that they have strength to fulfill the plan, wisdom and clarity to change the things they need to change, cut the things they need to cut, innovate where they need to innovate. I pray that you strengthen them, that you show them the distractions they need to put aside so they can consecrate themselves afresh to your plan to follow after you with Holy Ghost fire strong coming from their being. In Jesus name. Amen. And so be it. Glory to God. Man, I don't miss Sunday. That's what I can tell you now. Don't miss Sunday. Make sure you go over these reflection questions from tonight. Reflection question number 16. Are you following his plan? Reflection question number 17. What are you allowing to distract you from God's plan? Praise God. Praise God. Glory to God. Now, Father, help us not just to be hearers of this word, but to be doers of this word. So we blessed in our doing. In Jesus name. Amen. And so be it. Glory to God. Amen. I believe today's message encourages you, it strengthens you, it's helping you to live the lifestyle of faith. If you're ever in the Metro Atlanta area, we'd love for you to worship with us in person. You can find information about our different locations at FCCGA.com. Also, we have so many different ways where you can get the word. You can download our Faith Plus app. You can also visit us on our social media pages, on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, on YouTube. We'd love for you to connect with us. We also have a podcast on Apple Podcasts as 
as well as on Spotify. We have two. One is called The Faith Podcast, and then we have our daily devotional podcast, which is called Faith in the Morning. I look forward to seeing you on our many different social media platforms and in person at Faith Christian Center. Thank you so much for tuning in. And remember, something good is going to happen to you today, so expect miracles. God bless.